Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel live broadcast or subsequent podcast. Today, we did, we were going to have a three-way chat with Basil and Damo, but it's not working and we can't hear the third person. So we've ditched Damo and we're just going to talk to Basil and then we're going to talk to Damo in about 20 minutes, half an hour. So um, we're going to talk about Tour des Géants training. So Damien Hall is a an elite athlete and Basil Heaney is a normal ultra runner, if there can be such a thing. Um, hi Basil, how are you doing today? I Very, very well, recovered well. Awesome, thank you. It's really exciting to chat to you. Um, I'm just going to introduce both um, just so that we can get an idea of who you are and make you both blush. Um, Tour des Géants is a 220 mile race. It's got 26,000 meters of climb, oh my goodness. And super duper green runner, litter picker and tea addict Damien Hall came fourth in 72 hours this year. And awesome fellow ginger, normal ultra runner, Basil, who only started running in his 40s, completed Tour des Géants in an incredible 135 hours. So that's amazing, Basil. How did it feel to cross the finish line? It was it was quite, it was a long journey to cross the finish line for me because actually I did the race last year. Uh, I was about twenty kilometres, twelve miles away from the end. I went into a into a refuge to have a quick nap before I I did the finishing last finishing straight. And it snowed about a foot of snow, and they stopped the race. And they so I had to walk back down the mountain the following the following morning. The problem was was there's about this much snow, and the flags were about this tall, so you couldn't see since couldn't see the track. And actually. I bumped in recently to a guy I know who had gone over just before and he said it was really, really sketchy and really difficult to follow the route. So safety wise, it was the best thing to do, best thing to do. But so satisfied to finish this year. Last year, I got the T-shirt, but 
you know you never feel like you really yes. finished something if you don't cross the finish line so yeah, yeah. like super 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 satisfied yeah. basically oh that is fantastic and 135 hours is just amazing um yeah. so we are going to be talking about your training for tour de Jean today so yeah. get ready to spill the beans and share all your secrets yeah. but we're also using that as a bit of a hook to chat about um you and damo's amazing new almost charity into ultra yeah. So let's just tell everybody about what that is, first of all. Okay, so Into Ultra, I uh, started it with, uh, it was me, Damien, um, and about four other people started about six months ago. And the kind of central uh, sort of aim was really to kind of improve inclusivity in ultra running. So there's lots of good stuff good stuff going on to improve in inclusivity with gender and uh, ethnicity with black trail runners and she races and felt, you know, Ultra running, it's not super, it's not expensive like Ironman or triathlon, but it's still quite an expensive thing to get into. So there's a kind of financial barrier and we're kind of thinking, what can we do to, Im to improve that? Um, you know, we stand on start lines and, you know, they're not probably as diverse as they really could or should be. Uh, and in Damien's world, words, ultra running is for everyone is his, uh, is his strap line. Um, so we felt we could do something. So basically we started something that was aiming to help people, you know, who would like to ultra run actually in some cases they probably don't know they want to ultra run but they really do i want to would like to ultra i think we run. all started that um, way <laughs> yeah we did we did at some point and then it's slippery slope um want to ultra run but can't afford the kit can't afford the races uh can't afford the coaching they need coaching can't afford the courses maybe lack confidence or skills so it's to really help people over that barrier so as I said started about six months ago um Actually, the first thing that happened really quickly was, and this says a lot about the ultra running community, is we now have about 100 partners, races, coaches, authors such as yourself, Claire, <laughs> who are kind of providing kind of discounted and free places to inter ultra runners. Um, and that kind of just, you know, the, the 100 or so in six months, the kind of phenomenal number who just said, yeah, we'd love to help. Great, great what you're doing. We'd like to offer free places. I think we've probably got free places across two or three hundred races in the UK now, uh, wow. potentially. That's um, incredible. Well done. Yeah, so uh, we got that. And now uh, six months in, we're, we're supporting about 40 runners. Uh, well, another great thing is over about half of them are, are female. Oh, so we're, you know, we've got better diversity than, than, than the average. Um, helping a lot of people who have said, you know, ultra running really helped my mental health or running's really helped my mental mental health. I like to do ultra running because, you know, I want to do more of it. And so, you know, it's just kind of satisfying and sometimes tear jerking to see the stories that you hear of, of people we can help. So next big step for us is we apply to become a charity. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, in uh, a month or two, we'll get that through. And at that point, we'll then take in more donations. We're just working. We have a small fund at the moment that we're using, but we'll take in donations. We'll be able to uh, get grants from England Athletics and, and the like, and maybe sponsorship too, so we can kind of expand it up. And one of the, actually, one of the big challenges we have is, is actually raising awareness in the people who don't ultra run today that would like to ultra run. We can talk to the ultra running community quite easily because yeah. we're well connected. People know Damien, people know you. Uh, but in the, that that people who would maybe doing half marathons or marathons, we've got to do those. So that's that's the plan. Uh, come a long way in six months. I'm sure we'll go a long way in the next six months as well. But uh, yeah, it's going well. Awesome. Well, that sounds absolutely fantastic. And and how can we personally get behind that and help you? Uh, well, so in well, if you're a race organizer out there and you're not already one of our partners, it'd be great if you're a partner or similar coach. 
um, if you know if you want to do offer help, it could be a free place, it could be a discounted place, the more the better. Uh, you may be a kit provider. Uh, again, if you can offer something, um, that'd be brilliant. If you're a runner, um, just maybe when we have become a charity, if you'd like to donate or just sort of follow us and spread the word. Actually, as I said, kind of raising, if you know somebody that runs but doesn't run ultras or just runs a bit of ultra but can't afford it, let them know about us, basically. Um, so lots of things that, you know, everybody can do. Um, as I said, you know, I, I can't think of a better community to launch an initiative like this in because everybody kind of wants to help. Just like when you're out on the out on the trail or the ultra, you know, everybody wants to help you. It's the same thing that we're finding when we're when we set this when we set into ultra up. Brilliant. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic and, and definitely something that's much needed um, in the ultra running world. Um, I've put a yeah. link to Into Ultra um, in the film description below yeah. and in the podcast show notes as well. So you can find out all about it there. And if you are looking for, because this podcast is free, so um, hopefully it goes out to like a wide range of people. Um, so hopefully yeah. if you do need help, then, then contact Into Ultra and they can get you Into yeah. Ultra. <laughs> Indeed. I, I, that, was, that, was the, that was the first decision I think we made was our, our name. And hopefully it, it communicates what we're trying to do, basically. I think it's got two things. One is to get into ultra. And the other thing is the sort of, you know, mentally, I'm really into ultra yes. running. Type yeah. of thing. So yeah. it's, kind of, it's got this sort of double double meaning. Yes. It, hopefully it gets it's the message across. Yeah, definitely. It's a great name. It's yeah, really, really good. Um, yeah. And it's amazing that you guys are just taking the time. It's voluntary. You're just taking the time out to do this. It's, you know, a bit, bit of the park run ethos. It's all kind of um, everyone yeah. giving time and, and effort and for free. So, yeah, it's really, really fantastic what you're doing. Um, um, and it's really fantastic what you uh, are doing yourself personally as well, Basil, isn't it? I mean, you both, yeah. both of you, um, Damo and, ba and Basil, you've both improved brilliantly on last year's performance. So, um, yeah. well, you, yours wasn't your fault. <laughs> Basil timed out for the snow. Um, but yeah. Damo also knocked um, 16 hours off his time. Um, and we'll talk to him in just a, a little bit. But um, I just wondered if you can uh, describe to me, because earlier we were just having a quick chat and you were telling me about the, the mountains and how beautiful they were. Could you just describe like the, the scenery and like what attracts you to this beautiful part of the world to do the Tour de Gion? Um I mean, you literally, I mean, well, first of all, it's big. So some of the longest climbs are like uh, 5,000, 6,000 feet long, take four or five hours to do. Oh, Just, it's immense. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think I, I love the Lake District. But it's just, you know, you get the Lake District, then it goes up and it goes up and it goes, it just keeps on going. Um, the, we the weather's great, which is something that's a, <laughs> a definite benefit over something that mostly great. It did rain a few times. Uh, but, you know, you could be up there and you can be you can look around and you see these mountains that are over 4000 metres. Uh, you know, a lot of them got glaciers on them. Um, it's just an awesome. And, and one of the other things you get is you go from valley floor where it could be, you know, uh, woods and stuff. And you climb up through pastures and then you get to the top and it's it's like a rocky moonscape, basically. Um, I mean, one of the sad things is you see it. There's been a lot of glacial recession. Um, in the Alps. And so lots of places are very kind of rocky. Uh, I mean, some of the terrain to run over is quite, quite tough, but generally they do the, they do the paths brilliantly well, but just, I, I love being up in the mountains. I love the Lake District, but there's, some, there's something about, about the Alps that's just, I mean, similarly the Himalayas and other, other mountain ranges, that's just, you know, it's just lovely being up there. Yeah, uh, it's incredible, so, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I, I, I've run and, and skied around that area a lot and it's just, just love it. 
can't get enough of it. Yeah, it's like the Lake District on steroids, it sounds like. Oh, very much, very <laughs> much on big steroids. I mean, the Lake District's beautiful in a kind of slightly different way uh, because it, you know, it's got kind of more colour to it in a sense. Um, but yeah, there's there's something dramatic about the Alps that's just that's just wonderful. Yeah, and it obviously draws you in. But I mean, you're talking about three, three or four hours of climbing there. How on earth do you train for that amount of climbing? And, you know, 135 hours, that's what, like six or seven days um, and with hardly any sleep. How on earth do you train for that in the UK? I mean, I, have you got like a I, I, I guess, I mean, in terms of training, <laughs> I've done, I do, I do lots of kind of hilly events. Yeah. Um, I say a lot, a lot of in the Lake District, um, couple I, I did the Lakeland 50 as, as you did this year as well I did it with my son next year we're going to do, do it together Lakeland 100 uh. Uh, I did Great Lakeland three day this year I did Om Light I had a failed uh, Bob Graham attempt the weather that's uh, my yeah my, be my downfall next time maybe um, I did Northern Traverse uh. I did the Spine in January wow um, so I kind of do quite quite hilly stuffs and then I think for the for the length of time, I don't think there's any particular training you do. You just it's just kind of trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've now kind of figured out uh, what I need to do to get. It was five and a half days, five and a half ish days oh, okay. to finish. Okay, my math very good. <laughs> yeah, roughly. I, I, my maths went as well. But we started on Sunday. By Thursday afternoon, so I'd gone through four nights and I'd had six hours sleep. I think, by the way, Damien will probably have done two hours for his whole thing. Um, but I, I, I just couldn't survive on that. So actually on Thursday night, I slept about five hours oh, in two different locations um, and then and then finished it on finished it on Friday. But you just have to tr- work it trial and error. Yeah. Um, and uh, the thing is on sleep, because I'm not kind of competing to get top 10 or top 100 even, um, is if I get really tired, I just go. That's it. I've had enough. I'm I'm sleeping. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think so. Dan and I, I also like... I've done quite a lot of long events. So I've started the spine four times, finished twice. I'm going back this January to make sure that I've I get a three-two record rather than a a, a score draw. Um, and I've done quite a lot of you know longish races as well. So um, yeah. So doing the long races. So that's the only way. I, yeah. There's no way you can kind of train for five days. Yeah. With you just got to go and a few hours do it. sleep, yeah. I think Damo had five hours sleep in total, but he was then out. Oh, there we are. He, he was. He beat, he beat me. He beat me even on the level of sleep. That he had. <laughs> but he was out for a shorter time, so he. It was. You know, it was. If you double yeah, his time, double his sleep, ten hours sleep. Yeah. He was just. He was lazy, really, wasn't he? So. Um, he was. <laughs> so. Well, I think I think uh, uh, Sabrina Vergi when she did it last year, I think I read, and she did it in about eighty hours. I read something like she'd had 20 or 30 minutes sleep across the whole thing. Oh, she's oh. incredible. She's, <laughs> yeah, just... she's balmy. She did the Pennine, you know, when she did the Pennine Way record um, just after COVID. Um, she had about yeah. two hours sleep on that in about three or four days. And, and we were her support team and we were so knackered. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. were like, stop, yeah. just stop. But yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it's hard for the support guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so like you do lots of these long events, which is brilliant. Um, yeah. So that's obviously really good training for like the whole event side of thing. But like during your typical week, like what are we talking? Mileage, hours vert per week? Like, are you able Ooh. to give like a typical week? Or yeah, like yeah, no, week, I, I, I do. Week, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit of a numbers geek. Yeah. Um, so I do add it all up. So I probably do about, I average about 50 miles a week. Um, 
But of that, probably about half of my mileage I do in events. I do loads of events. Damien will tell you I do far too much. Um, <laughs> Does he coach and, you as well? No, he doesn't. Uh, um, I have a coach called Neil Bryant at Centurion, who's fantastic, who who kind of works with the fact I like doing lots, lots and lots yeah. of events. Um, so I do about, I don't know, about, yeah, about uh, 50 miles a week on average, but half of it's in events. Yeah. Um, and and that's good. Most of it, most of it, um, when I'm training, kind of running my dogs, basically. Yeah. Um, but I live down in the south. So, you know, if I need to do hills, so my dog wants to say hello. Oh, that's fine. Um, <laughs> down there. There we are. Hello. hello. Oh, hi. Hello, little one. <laughs> um, black. Is that a black lab? It, well, actually, he's three quarters lab and a quarter Vizsla. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's a, he's a very sleek, yeah. uh, sleek little chap. Yeah. Actually, he's back there. Now you can see him back there. Oh, yeah, I can see him. Um, anyway, um, where were we? We were talking. Oh, yeah, miles per week, so, 50 so, miles so, a week. So, yeah, I, I live down the south. It's not, it's not super hilly. So I go up to the Lake District as much as I okay. can. Yeah. Um, and then obviously do lots of events, which is um, yeah. which is a way of getting you know events in yeah. the Lake District. So you're always looking to make really hilly routes on sort of rocky terrain, the kind of stuff you'll be experiencing yeah. on Tour de Jean. Yeah. If I can. Yeah. Yeah, if I can. And um, do you do any like speed sessions or hill reps or anything like that as part of your weekly training? Not a lot. No, I, I do. I do. I, I probably do one a week or something like that. But, you know, I, I, I kind of go quite I, well for me. I, go, I, I feel I, I'm never really pushing it to the edge. I'm never yeah. racing, racing hard. Yeah. I'm always competing against the cutoff rather than competing against the person in front of me. Yes. Yeah. Um, OK. And do you do any strength and conditioning? Because um, I've just turned 40 this year and I have been like nailing the strength and conditioning because I know that I, I don't have time on my side anymore. I don't have age on my side anymore. I've got a kid. I don't have sleep on my side anymore. So I'm like, <laughs> I must do something extra. Um, and I've heard strength and conditioning is like where it's at. Do you do any yeah. such things? Actually, actually, Neil, Neil, Neil kind of has got a program for me that includes of speed work and strength and conditioning. And I probably for the first year that I was with Neil I was kind of quite good at it and then it kind of waned off and so not a huge amount okay. um but everybody tells me I should do more but it's just it's more fun just to go out and run with the dogs than it is to kind of do planks and stuff yeah definitely it is but I take it you don't get any injuries then because I suppose if you were a person who was getting injured then you might be more motivated to do this I haven't had any injuries for 10 years I think I'm super lucky I don't know why yeah Um, touch some wood I could go (laughs) prevent so for instance I I did the tour de gym finished just over two weeks ago this past weekend I did a trail marathon locally uh, which Damien told me off for, and so that's great. <laughs> and I said, I'll only go really, really slow. And I got about two thirds of the way through it. Uh, and I've been going quite slowly. And then there were loads of people in front of me. And so I, I cranked it up to kind of tempo heart rate for the last hour and a half. And I felt fine. Wow. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just lucky, I think, that I can yeah. recover quite quickly, not actually not get injured, not do much strength work. At some point, it's going to bite me, I think. And I, <laughs> but at the moment it's uh, it's working out fine yeah oh well that that is great news for everybody who doesn't like strength and conditioning and liability for any recommendation <laughs> i give to anybody else and um so the training um like do you do any training at night i suppose for the night running that just comes when you're on these other events does it yeah i, I you know as i say if you do half of half of the time i do events most of them are, are long things so i kind of got four 200 continuous 200 milers this year yeah. plus that's got loads of night running in it so yeah. um yeah i so i've just kind of got used to it um 
just it's it's normal to night run basically yeah uh, you just go a bit slower and make sure you've got the right kit for it yeah and you talked a little bit about the sleep deprivation just earlier and that you had um you know a couple of good sleeps on that last night um is there any way that you can prepare for that or is it just does it just come with experience um i think it should probably just go with a plan and then just execute it see if it works doesn't work modify it next time i mean a, a couple of things i always try and do so having done the spine is um, and some people sleep out you know in the the bird hide at, um, at malam tarn or in some sort of you know bar, hay, hay barn somewhere i always try and sleep in checkpoints okay and always try i can't I plan my race to basically try and get into a checkpoint at night because uh -huh. I find it much easier to sleep at night. And of course, in something like the spine, it's so much easier traveling in the light than it is in the dark. Yeah. And it's much more enjoyable. So I, I remember the first year I completed the spine, I seemed to manage to come into every checkpoint between eight o'clock in the morning and midday uh -huh. and leave every checkpoint <laughs> about four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And it was just, and it just wasted all that kind of that little, little bit of light. So I did the same actually on the Tour de Gion. I, I knew where the where the checkpoints were, that where I could sleep easily. I kind of worked out well if I if I press it a bit hard at the start, I can get to this one. I think I got to the first. So I did my first sleep on the second night. I got to it at eleven o'clock at night. And it, you know, those three hours in the dark before I got there were really, really, really tough. But I chucked in some caffeine tablets and stuff, got there, slept, slept like an absolute baby for <laughs> two hours and then got up and went on and then waited till the next night and wow. repeated um so you... but what I did do I didn't I should have had three hours sleep a night and I had about one and a half two hours sleep a night so is that because you just woke up or you were like panicked and you were like oh no I must set my alarm for two hours no I just cut what's what's quite good I remember actually the first time I did the spine I was really close to the cutoff so every time I fell asleep you're kind of just worried about you never slept really well because you're worried about you know sleeping through the cutoff uh which actually wouldn't happen because they'd boot you out of the bed okay and so you've got an hour to cut off so we're waking you oh, up and that's booting nice you out. Of them, yeah uh, which is good at the but it's always in your mind you're kind of worried you're going to miss you're going to be, be cut off uh but now I, i'm not super quick but i'm quick enough to be far enough ahead of the, the cutoff to just sleep mm -hmm. and you know and then just sleep whatever my body once yeah. and then get up and, and go again i think i'd probably sleep um, like 15 hours or something if i'd gone through the night and then had two hours sleep at 11 p.m the next night i'd probably just sleep for 15 hours <laughs> it's it's weird actually i remember actually that when i finished so i'd had you know really really little sleep through the race i couldn't fall asleep on them when i'd finished because actually as soon as you get start get to the end your your adrenaline goes high and stuff mm -hmm. and you're just uh yeah you, it's weird um yeah, sleeping is, is, is an odd thing. It took me two, two days uh, to be able to kind of sleep properly. I've got somebody banging at the door. Can I just go and grab this? Yeah, sure. And yes. Then, yeah. I don't edit we'll, it out. We'll Sorry talk about, about foot care. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do a lot of editing of this one. Um, that's really interesting because, um, yeah, sleep is one of the reasons why I don't think I would like to do one of these non-stop um, running events. I really like stage races where you can, where everybody sets off in the morning, you all jog about for a bit and then you get in a tent and you all sleep and somebody snores um, and then you all start off again the same the next day. So that's the kind of event that I really like doing. But it is really interesting hearing about all the different sleep strategies that people have. Um, and now yeah. Basil's back, we are going to talk about foot care because you mentioned that the, the you did used to get bad feet, um, but since you started doing 100 miles, as you sort of defeat just sort of 
are fine now. So how how's that worked for you, your well, feet thing? That that one's a kind of a, a learning one. So I mean, I used to get. I mean, I think the first time I finished the spine actually, and my feet were just an absolute. I couldn't get my feet into shoes. I had to wear flip flops to work for days, and my my dogs were just forever hovering around my feet because they they smelled nice. I think. Yes, um, they smelled of death. I, <laughs> yes, yes, something like that. I, I think for fit again, it's some of it's learning, but um, I think for, one is to keep them dry because my feet just as soon as they're wet for more than 15, 20 hours continuously, they just start to, to break down. So, you know, be that avoiding puddles or wearing waterproof socks or changing socks, but just trying, trying to uh, keep them dry. Also, um, you know, moisturize them before um, put on file off all the, the hard bits. Um, and then I use I use Gurney Goo, but there's lots of other treatments available. I'm going to start using Trench. Available Trench. Yeah. Um, just sent me the sample. Lots of other treatments available. And they that kind of does two things. One, it just reduces the friction, so reduces the chance of blisters. Uh, but it also helps to kind of keep some of the water from absorbing into the foot. And then when you get to um, uh, when you get to a, a checkpoint, uh, you know, socks off talcum powder on if you've got enough time for, for, for doing this you know leave your feet to air while, while you're there but on tour de Gion, it was one of the other lovely things about running in the alps is underfoot conditions yeah. are just wonderful oh. it's just dry all the time uh -huh. you just don't get wet feet and it's just i didn't get i got one tiny blister in five and a half days wow. of running wow uh, that is incredible and so yeah it's just you know, a lot, so much of ultra running is just learning, but it's also everybody has their own kind of personal little protocols and routines. It kind of works for me. Yeah. Uh, and what about yeah. the grit, though? Because I know it's dry out there, but it can be like the pass can be quite gritty. Do you wear debris gaiters or anything like that? I, I, I don't. They are gritty, but if you just get something in, uh, you know, half a minute to sit down, take your shoe off, chuck it out and carry on. Might have to do that once or twice a day. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I I used to wear those those gaiters, but they're just such a faff to put on. And then yeah, so I just I've given up on yeah. given up on those. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, no one's invented a sock with a frill coming down. You know that like acts like a bit of a gaiter. Well, I think you can buy socks with a with a frill on the yeah, top or something. I think they're for little you little girls it, though, aren't they? Roll it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are. I think there's a. I think James Elson swears by because he did the spine last year and he swears by, I think it's a Sportiva shoe yeah. that literally has a sock built into the shoe uh -huh. that looks like a gator over your foot that yeah. keeps keeps lots out. Yeah, um, that does sound like a good idea. Yeah. Um, and then what about the altitude? I mean, the UK is not famous for its altitude. Um, the Tour de Gion does seem to go quite low and quite high. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is there any training that you can do for, for um, the difference in height there? No, I mean, we, we went up to 3,300 metres. So what's that? 10,000, 11,000 feet. I, I, I think, well, actually, the train that you you can't, I mean, Damien will probably talk about his little um, uh, ventilation altitude tent that he put on his head <laughs> and what, nothing, nothing nearly as sophisticated for me. Turn, turn up there three or four days early and just get, get up to altitude and get used to it. Mm -hmm. And then when you're out there, go slowly and don't get worried about going quite slowly I mean when I remember the last 500 meters up to Colosson which is the 3,300 meter climb which is on day two uh it's probably day one for Damien but it was day two for me <laughs> um and you just just the rate of which you're going up you're looking you're watching going I'm I'm doing you know one kilometer an hour you know it was quite steep you just just 
it's up there. You'll be done in an hour, hour and a half's time, and you just go slowly, get over the top, and it's, and it's, and it's fine. I just don't lower your expectations. Is probably the, yeah. the best thing to do at altitude. Uh, but some people do get, you know, badly affected by altitude. Um, but I mean, you know, if you're going to travel out there, you might as well get out there early and and, and enjoy the places. They're fantastic places to spend time. Yeah, yeah, it does sound amazing. Um, and it does sound hot as well. You did mention that it's in this nice weather. Um, is there anything you ha you did for that uh, training for that in the UK? No, actually, we, we we were pretty lucky. It probably got up to 20, 25 during the day at the in the bottom of the valleys. Um, not super, but I have a kind of hat with a flap at the back. Um, but in terms of training, I mean, no, I think I think that one's principally about the right kit. Yeah. I mean, you, I suppose you can train for it. You could sit in a sauna and stuff like that. But it's not it's not one of the super, super hot races. It's not a kind of 30, 35 degree. Yeah. Um, type of marathon de sable yeah. type of things and you get up the hills once you get up the hills there's a breeze as well so um yeah sometimes when you're climbing up and you're in the trees or the, the woods yeah there's no wind and you do do feel it but once you get out onto the onto the pastures uh yeah it's normally a, a bit of breeze up there oh, uh, it sounds balmy um and yeah, and i just want to ask you about kit and food before we come back to damien um so yeah. kit were there any particular essentials like i'm assuming did you would take poles for something like this a lot of climbing over five days yeah it's about the only um i, th I think one of the very few races i'll take poles on um because it's so steep that you do really need it what other bits of essential bits of kit um I t actually my um yeah my hat yeah. <laughs> the sun hat is a because you'll be because you are you know there's very little shade once you get above 2000 meters you're spending so much time over the up there um that basically yeah you just need something to keep keep the sun off just trying to I have a montane gecko um rucksack which I absolutely swear by it. it's fantastic I'm trying to think of my other bits of go-to kit um per. yeah i i i know actually my, my other i hear well, my other one bit of, unusual bit of kit is always buy a pair of shorts with zipped pockets on them because uh -huh. you can always put things in the pockets there you go there's yeah. my there's ah, my, my little pocket. kit hack because yeah. um, and... you can never quite have enough pockets around to put you know little bits and pieces in yes and you don't uh, want things which to means fall you out. can have things like, um sunscreen you know easily to hand and um and uh, pro plus caffeine tablets to hand is always a, another because yeah. the last word it'd be really tired and then have to stop and get dig to the bottom of your rucksack and then to get forget what you were looking for <laughs> exactly you're so tired and sleep deprived what was i trying to do yeah so basically just make just make life as easy for yourself as possible uh to basically kind of get access to everything yes. on, on the move basically. and what shoes were you wearing for tour de Jean? i i have worn for the last three or four years innovate g260 ultra 260s or something like that they've got a kind of good tread but the, the main reason i like them is they've got a um a kind of what they call a bomb proof upper which has got a really you know literally the, the material they make rucksacks from oh, okay which means that i i, I put two thousand three thousand miles in them before they tear oh brilliant um literally they don't tear something else goes wrong on them so um so yeah they 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 do me everything apart from a, a a road marathon or something like that i will i'll use those for basically amazing um and what food um were you able to keep down like what food did you enjoy eating on the tour de jean and and did, how did you prep for that in um in your training 
so I I use a series of kind of spring energy gels and Vela 40 gels. Uh, I kind of range of about six of them and I'll kind of have two or three of each or a couple of each with me most of the time and then just pick whichever one I kind of fancy at the time. So a real variety of foods. I, I probably had about 10 of those over the first leg, over the first kind of 15 hours. Um, and then I went mostly onto food from the checkpoints. So that was a bit of pasta. I love yogurt. I don't know why. I just <laughs> I could I, I could drink pints of yogurt. Um, a few biscuits. Actually, I mean, there's a, there's a whole array of stuff. There's normally cheeses there and salami and dried meats because they they kind of showcase on the Tour de Gion a lot of their local foods. Mm, yummy. Um, so yeah, I just you just look at it. It's like a smorgasbord, and you just pick the pick the thing that uh, that 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 you want. And as I said, I was mostly on that by the time that I by the by the end of the race, I'd kind of given up on gels because m- my body had said that's that's quite enough. Um, yeah. So and see. again, I'm not going at a rate. I mean, Damien needs just need to take in energy probably twice the rate that I do, given the rate he's going. <laughs> uh, whereas I, I just kind of just. I can graze, graze gently. Yes, and, and sample uh, I don't, all the and foods. And don't have any kind of gastric problems, really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it sounds like it was easy. Um, it, 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 was, it was certainly not easy, <laughs> but I've made it as easy as it, as close to easy as it possibly can, but it's still very difficult. I like your style, Basil. And um, <laughs> and before we bring Damo back on, um, how uh, what's next for you? Okay, so I weirdly to go to go from one one extreme to another. My next race is a track. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One hundred. Oh, one hundred uh, miles. Which has got a hundred miles on the track, which obviously zero meters of ascent. Um, and I, I, I just looked at it. I don't know six months ago. I saw it. And thought, oh, I wonder what's kind of curious. Wonder what that's like. So just going to go for it. And then I've got the uh centurion winter downs 200 um in december uh which um which i think it's about four weeks four or five weeks before the spine so i'll, I'll put it down as spine training yes. um and a test test out with kit but it goes about two or three miles from my front door so i thought it'd be rude be not rude to. not to um not 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 to do it well i'm one time somebody probably can come down and crew me at the uh, yeah. uh in, in farnham where i near where i live so um uh-huh. yeah so does it um, whereabouts on the route is your house it won't be tempting to go so home I, and have a sleep so it, it starts it starts near box hill okay and kind of does i can't I can't do it but that it does way. A, <laughs> it goes that way that that way round. it goes clockwise so it starts at about two o'clock on a clock and i'm about midday on the clock oh, okay so um, i'm kind of coming up towards towards the end so I'll, I'll be looking in a bad way by the time um 
by the time I, I, I see somebody in Farnham. And you won't be tempted to go home? Do you know, I've never had that temptation before, but I wonder what it will be like. Yeah. Uh, because I could just go, I could just turn left here. <laughs> and I'll be, yeah. be home in half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never, I, I, there's something I'll put on my kind of to think about list. Yeah. How to avoid that temptation. Yeah. Well, you might just want to go home and have a little sleep for two hours. Yeah. Might be comfy. Yes. Yeah. I think there'll be trackers on me and I think oh. they'd immediately... I'm, I'm, I'm probably not allowed. I'll check. I'll check. I'll check with the rules. But I'm probably not allowed to go that far off, uh, off route. But actually, it's, it's one way you can have crew, and I think you can sleep in crew vehicle. Mm -hmm. So I might just say, "Can you come down, bring the car, yeah. and I'll have, a quick, I'll have a quick nap in the car, yeah. basically." Yeah, that does sound like a good plan. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be a slightly different vibe to uh, some of the other races I've done, which are always m hundreds of miles away from home. Yeah. Oh, that will be nice going through your local area, seeing it in a different light. Um, yeah. Today you should... or no light or no light <laughs> or no light. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, today, who's watching live said he thought you meant a hundred meter sprint for that track race that you were talking about. <laughs> I, I, I wish, I wish. <laughs> yes, I don't know what would be harder. No, definitely the hundred miler. Oh yeah. well, thank you so much, Basil. It was really great to chat to you today. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to catch up with Damo now um, and ask yeah. him all the same questions over again. It's a shame that we couldn't do it together, um, but it's yeah. been really fantastic to catch up with you um, and lovely to hear from your your training from the point of view of a, a normal ultra runner. Um, yeah. And now we're going to contrast that with what Damien's been doing. Great. Good to talk. And I hope Damien doesn't contradict what I said. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Right. Thank you. Let's see if this works. See you then, Basil. Bye. Bye. Okay. Let's call Damo. Okay. Let's hope he's ready and waiting for us. And I'm going to change the name up here to say Damo. Apparently, he's called, uh, apparently it's Damo, not Damo, as I've been saying for many years. Hello. Hello, Claro. <laughs> no, Claro. <laughs> I'm just changing your name. Um, welcome, Damien. Thank you so much for waiting. Sorry that it didn't work on the three-wayer. Um, that's very right. disappointing. Um, it was a shame, but I'm missing, I, I missed the first bit because I was making another cup of tea. But I caught <laughs> up with the rest of it, uh, watching on YouTube and um, all the lies, the lies and fibs. <laughs> yes, we did see you commenting on the live chat there. Um, <laughs> so, so let's just rewind back a little bit and ask you exactly what I asked Basil, basically, to contrast you as elite athlete and um, him as a normal ultra runner. Um, what attracts you to the Tour des Jean? Because it does sound beautiful from what, what Basil has been telling us. Yes, let me let me just... While I remember, let me just correct two things. Um, yeah, I don't know where the idea I slept for five hours came from. Oh, that, I thought that it said thought... on your Instagram that you slept for five hours. No, no, no. I think the Green Runners said that, but I had no idea where they got that from. Oh. I probably slept at the most 40, 40 minutes at the most. What, I'd on four... the whole thing? Yeah, I had four lie downs for about 15 minutes each, but I don't know if I dropped oh. off on all of them. But I'm not really championing that as a healthy way to... Yeah, <laughs> we'll say five hours then. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe I shouldn't have corrected it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> and the other thing was um, Basil uh, being described both by, by I suppose both of you as sort of a normal athlete. He he is um, you're both underselling him. But he he is an absolute machine. <laughs> he does sound like it. Yeah, I mean the Tour de Gion, um I will answer your question in a second, honestly. But <laughs> honestly, it's probably the toughest mountain race in the world. And Basil just kind of saunters around it. 
um, you know, and gets it done. And and that's and that was I don't know how many races he's done this year. And and yeah, as he alluded, I don't, I can't endorse his race schedule that he manages to do, but he manages to somehow yeah. do and get um, you know and not be injured. And so like he is he is a very impressive athlete. Um, and yeah, I it's um, I just wanted to sort of say that. And the tour is is <laughs> really tough. And yeah, he kind of saunters along doing it. And he sent me a photo. I was actually on my way home, but he sent me a photo after he finished. And he just kind of had a picture of him on the podium with, uh, sorry, on the on the ramp where you finish with just uh, the word ouch at the bottom. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he looked perfectly cheery and fresh. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's phenomenal. And yeah, showing us, he was definitely more, yeah, he looked better than I did when I finished is one way of saying it. But what, yeah, what attracts me, um, I suppose, I mean, it's firstly, it's just, absolutely gorgeous scenery it's pretty much mountains all the way um and and then i guess the, the nature of the challenge the huge the, the huge distance is, is intriguing because like how do you can you complete it how can you complete it to the best of your ability you know what sort of time can you get around um and then yeah the crowd the, the sort of i well actually it's the refugios that i really love um they're kind of the crowds in a way. It, it's not like UTMB where there's crowds in every corner ringing cowbells till you've got a headache. <laughs> but the refugios are really welcoming and they're kind of the, the crowds and the supporters way up in the mountains. Um, that's that's great. And there's just a lovely atmosphere to it of more, I suppose, more laid back um, than, than UTMB star races. Um, and then also, yeah, it's not as competitive as UTMB, but it's a different style of, of racer, actually. You know, it's, a t- it's, it's two and a half UTMBs. So it's a different different style of racing and it's a different different type of runners are there, although they're starting to transfer over. It was quite interesting. There was um, Julien Chaurier and Seth Swanson were both in the race this year. They've both done incredibly well. Julien's won CCC in the past and, and numerous UTMB top tens. Seth Swanson has been West, second at Western States twice, fourth at UTMB. So those, I guess, slightly older runners, but 100 mile, amazing 100 mile runners, are coming to the race now so it's only getting it's getting more competitive um but yes those are those are the main reasons yeah yeah I, I was reading your blog and I thought it was nice like the camaraderie of you guys in the in the top bit and you were like oh we're we're all sort of agreeing to have a little sleep here and you know you're sort of chatting amongst each other and you're sort of like agreeing to like sort of agreeing to stay together and then someone else come up from behind and and be the cat amongst the pigeons as you called it um so I thought that was that was nice as well um but um but yes let's talk about your training compared to Basil the the not normal runner um <laughs> so uh like how do you train for running over so many days with just so little sleep I mean you're talking about having 40 minutes that you don't condone on the whole way around I mean is it possible to train for something like that or do you just see what happens on the day and it's always different race to race uh I mean in terms of kind of physical training it'd be pretty similar to a 100 mile mountain race training um I suppose there might be a tiny bit more volume or a tiny bit more back-to-back long runs um but nothing epic. I mean, I put it all on on Strava. Um, for me, year round, I probably average around, I suppose, seventy miles a week, or, or, or maybe a bit less. Um, but then, but then in that sort of key, like six weeks out, I'll have some bigger weeks. There probably was a hundred mile week, and I definitely try and get a cut. Well, at least two weeks of at least sort of twenty thousand foot of, of vert, and really that's to condition the legs on the downhills. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not not too epic. You obviously don't want to get injured or too fatigued. Uh, I mean, the big difference I did this year was I did use an altitude tent for the first time. Um, 
I feel like it did help. I, I also go to a sauna regularly, and, and especially leading up to the race, I went pretty regularly as well, which um, is increasingly, yeah, increasingly studies are showing that's um, useful. Maybe not just as a as a sort of poor man's altitude thing, but maybe almost complementary as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing both those things on top of training. The altitude tent, scientifically, it seems you need two between two and three hundred hours in there to oh. really make a significant difference. And I didn't get that much. But I tell you what, um, Emma Stewart, the women's winner, she is an altitude tent. Galen Reynolds, who finished third, he is an altitude tent. Wow. Um, I think I think we all, or at least me and Galen, were yeah the altitude centre we used. Um, I feel like that did help. I feel like that did help. Um, but it's not, you know, it's a big lifestyle change. I basically slept on the sofa all summer. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you just sleep in it and but do you work in it or anything like that? Can you like, is it like well, a beekeeper's hat that you could just put around you whilst working at the computer with a little like see-through bit? <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> the set I got sent, you have a mask as well. So you can do, yeah, the best thing is to sleep in it because they're not, yeah, you can get eight to 10 hours of just, yeah, of just pure altitude training. And that's kind of almost the sleep high, train low uh-huh. thing. Um, but then also it has a mask. So I did do a little bit, not very much. It may have only been twice, so a little bit of cycling on a static bike. And then you can get some intensity. And then, and also, yeah, you can't ramp it up the altitude, simulated altitude. You can't ramp that up too high or you won't sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas on the bike or when you're exercising, you can ramp it up quite high. And also you can just work. I, sometimes I just work for 45 minutes an hour with, with a mask on and you can ramp it up again quite high then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it was 160-ish hours overall, which, yeah, apparently was, is barely enough to really see significance. But, yeah, I mean, maybe it's placebo, but I feel like it helped. Yes. And I yeah. Yeah. It's a big it's a big thing to think about, though. I mean, for a lot of people, it's simply getting as fit as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, yeah. It does seem like a lot of effort to sleep on the sofa, like away from your partner for like the whole summer. Unless you're a big snorer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can get different tents. Uh, and I know some people have got like you can get one like that will go right over a double bed. Yeah. Um, I think didn't Killian like, and Emily have one of those. They may have. Uh but when I chatted to the scientists at the um, at the altitude centre, they, yeah, they sort of said, yeah, the, the thing that normally gets in the way of good altitude training is is partners. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, my wife wouldn't have been. Yeah. So basically, you both get inside. You both live in a tent. So, yeah. Whereas, yeah, that wasn't. I knew that wasn't going to be popular. And also, the machine <laughs> is quite noisy, and and basically sounds like Darth Vader. Oh. So you kind of, yeah, you kind of feel like you're sleeping with Darth Vader. You are uh, really selling that to us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Oh, well, it, that, it sounds like a massive investment of time. Like, how, how do you fit all that in? I mean, do you know how many hours you spent, like, either training, as in actually out running, being in this tent thing, um, and also um, there was another thing, the heat, the sauna thing. Like, that sounds like you've had to do a lot of things. Um, how do you fit that in? Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I, could, I probably couldn't do that year round. Uh, but, but, yeah, for a, a specific spell of maybe four to six weeks, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 competing with some people who are full time and some people who live out there in the valley. In fact, the guy who won it for the fourth time, Frank Acola, yeah, he lives in the valley. Yeah, he's yeah. training every day in those mountains or altitude. So, you know, if I'm if I've got pretensions of trying to get close to him, I've got to do everything I can here in in Wiltshire. Um, so yeah, I'm prepared to I'm prepared to. I'm just curious, you know, what what's the best I can possibly do? So I'm I'm willing to make sacrifices in that regard. Um, um, but yeah, I suppose training wise year round, I'm probably only in the, 
in an average week, it's probably only 10 to 12 hours. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in, in those peak weeks, it would have gone up to 15, 20, maybe, maybe two or three times. Um, and then I suppose the altitude tent, the great thing is you're sleeping anyway. So as long as it doesn't interrupt your sleep too much, that's actually quite a clever way to get to get if you get the balance right uh you know you, you're kind of training as you're sleeping so that's that didn't add any training time necessarily yeah. um and do you do any um like speed sessions like actual, actual hill reps or speed reps or anything yeah. like that yeah 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 I'm, I'm coached by david roach um he's very keen on on that side of things i think he believes i'm paraphrasing i'm guessing a bit but i think he believes a lot of ultra runners yeah end up slower than they need to be and he definitely endorses kind of not trying not to be too far away from your sort of 10k pb yeah. pace um and i i've i've learned to believe in that he's, he's coached me for uh i think it must be three years now um might even be four um <laughs> but yeah he's very keen on i mean i usually only do one proper workout a week but yeah. there's lots of strides um yeah, I think it's really important to keep some speed work in there. Yes, yeah, like one speed work session a week. Brilliant. Tick, I'm doing that. Um, and strength and conditioning. Um, Basil was not a great fan of this, uh, but I, I'm sure that you will be as an elite athlete. <laughs> and I'm sure as a coach, you're probably telling us that we all should be as well. <laughs> yes, I am. I am a fan. Well, I had a great chat pre-race with Basil, actually, and he, he explained that my mistake was uh, trying to go quickly. And if I just chilled uh, and took all these big races easy, I, you know, I wouldn't have to, you know, bother with all this extra stuff and I wouldn't get so tired. And he's, he has opened my eyes. He has opened my eyes to yeah, new ideas. Um, but, yeah, I'm a big fan of strength work, especially, I think, as you alluded, as, as we um, as we mature a little. Um, and I, yeah, I'm uninjured for, for several years and I, I, I don't know exactly what it is. And it probably isn't one thing. It's probably four or five things. But um, some weeks I'll do even two to three hours, uh, so, you know. I'm just starting again this week after, you know, having a bit of time off. I think I, what I find with my athletes is, um, yeah, we're all pretty motivated to run. Like most of us will get up at five or six if we have to, to run, but I won't get up at five o'clock to do strength work. Um, so it is, I think the trick is, well, the trick is getting good advice in the first place. So you're doing the right things, but then it's trying to find that the periods in the week that, that it's most likely to happen mm-hmm. and, and then trying to make it just routine. So you almost don't think about it. So it's yeah. like Wednesday at 11 o'clock, or Wednesday at 8 p.m., that's when you do your strength work. Um, and there are lots of different ways to do it. You know, I do do some online classes. I do some one-on-one sometimes. I go to a gym sometimes. Sometimes I go to a gym on my own. I've got some equipment in my garden. Um, I, yeah, try and leave kettlebells lying around the house. My wife goes around uh, tidying them away, but I, tr- I, I but I leave kettlebells and resistance bands around the house so that sometimes if i just got a minute or two to kill, I might just pick something up and do a little bit um and that might be that might be a good yeah a good way to minimal dose strength work that might be a way to keep it um but yeah there are lots of reasons to do it not just injury avoidance it's proven to help our economy and and yeah will most likely give us you know muscle fatigue resistance in, in muscles leg muscles um so and it might you know it might even just make us feel a bit better about ourselves um especially yeah uh, most runners are possibly a bit like me and, and pretty weedy upper bodies so it's nice to occasionally get you know a tiny bit of strength up there um not that I have it at the moment <laughs> yeah that's what I'm after too big muscles up top <laughs> um and so you can't really prepare for like can you prepare for night running and sleep deprivation yes you probably can train for night running can't you um do you deliberately go out at night or are you just you're just fine with that now yeah, I've, I've done that enough times that, I, that it's. I, I think if someone hasn't really before, then then yeah, go and do it. Um, 
I mean, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't recommend someone tries to do the tour without having done at least one, one sort of full run through the night. Um, from ideally, ideally several. Um, but I love, I generally love the night usually. I mean, yeah, I've done the spine several times and stuff. So it's, it's, it's normal for me, but the night can be really special. Everything goes quiet. The world becomes more simple. Hopefully some stars come out. Um, but yeah, so I don't specifically, the sleep deprivation is, is really tricky. Yeah. I mean, it could easily be sort of self-sabotage if you, you know, push the sleep, push the sleep away during training. So I, I don't do that. I think really you've got to rely on on previous races. So hopefully, yeah, someone should have done at least 100 miler, which will nearly always go through a night um, unless they're super fast. And, that, and that's that's useful. Um, and then maybe ideally a, a 200 miler in less, less, less mountainous or less severe terrain, um, or at least a second night. I think the second night is when things start to get tricky. So um, ideally some some practice of that. Yeah. Um, Did you see just, anything funny this time on the Tour de Jean? Yeah, there was a guy in a hammock half, halfway up the mountain. I pointed <laughs> him out to Galen and uh, Galen Reynolds and he uh, he couldn't see him, but he probably needs an eye test. Um, this and last time round, it was inflatables, uh, inflatable penguins and sharks, wow. especially the Michelin man. Um, but this time, actually, it was more of a, a sort of internal sense of I lost I lost the feeling of who I am. I, I honestly I, I had this this sort of I don't know who I am. Now, I appreciate we don't go through every day going, I know who I am. But yeah. I just suddenly had this feeling of, I don't know, what am I doing and who am I? Um, and I was really relieved. I think Sophie Grant, I saw her post-race interview and she said she had a similar feeling. So I was really relieved. And also in this race, I've only had it at this race, is this, you get a strong sense of deja vu. Um, especially the previous year when I hadn't actually been there before. I had really strong deja vu in places I've never been. Um, and it just seems to last and last. Uh, and it's annoying. It's quite annoying. I know these things sound trivial, but when, you're, when you've been out there for days on your own, um, they really mess with your mind. Ah. Um, but really, the, yeah, this time it was the not knowing who I am. And I apparently said to, I got to a checkpoint near the end in the dark, and I said to Galen Reynolds' mum, who was crewing him, that I'd come to a crossroads of five paths, and they all led to infinity. <laughs> That's very deep. Uh, Yes. So, yeah, I've had a bit of a, yeah, it, the tour does seem to invite mind, mind warping experiences. And how did you deal with that then and there? Did you just be like accepting, accept that and just keep putting one foot in front of the other? It sounds like that's what you did. Yeah, I mean, this year it was easier in that I was ex anticipating, you know, strange feelings like that. The previous year I was more troubled and messed up. Uh, and I honestly started feeling, what if I can't make new memories? What if everything now is deja vu? I was getting, I was that hard, <laughs> sort of, um, but this time I was like, kind of like, this is strange, but you've sort of been here before. So basically I thought as soon as I can have another sleep. So yeah, it was only 10 minutes yeah. on a bench, but um, I'm pretty sure, yeah, a lot of those weird feelings went after that power nap um, towards the end. So, so a, a, it was more familiar and B, I had more of a sort of idea of something to do to, to combat it. Yes, yeah, it does sound like it just comes with experience, that whole thing, you can't really prepare for it until you're just there and you've got to go with it. Um, but feet, yeah, feet you can um, prepare for. So do you ever get problems with your feet? Did you used to get problems with your feet and do something differently now? How does it work for you? Um, yeah, I mean, some people will hate me for this, but but I, I, I don't seem to get many issues nowadays. Um, I think I definitely, yeah, earlier on in the sport, I would definitely get blisters it's it's fairly rare now oh, i did have one at the end i had one i think under my heel 
um, or at the side of my heel, maybe. Um, I tell you, Galen Reynolds had much worse feet. And, and we know that was because it was very hot on the first two days and he was cooling himself down a lot in streams and so on. And I think that water was yeah going down his legs and, and making his feet wet. And, and sometimes you sort of don't realise till like halfway through the race. But no, mine, mine were great. I, I did change shoes only once in the end, partly because my feet had got wet. I changed socks and shoes. Um, but no, I seem, I don't know. I don't know if it's luck or, you know, I just know some shoes and socks that work for me now. Um, so it's luck. luck what, slash shoes and, what shoes and socks do you wear? Um, so yeah, both years I've worn Innovate's Trailfly G, I, uh, their names get longer, <laughs> their shoes. I know. G, I think it's the G <laughs> Ultra 280. Um, which is like a fairly cushioned shoe. And, and normally I wouldn't be attracted to those extra sort of maximalist shoes, but um, I love the 270 and that is what I changed into when I changed. But the 280 just offers a little bit more, a little bit more protection, I suppose, for sort of rocky downhills or when it's loose. And just occasionally the 270, I like the fact I can feel the ground in it, but towards the end of something like this, your feet are getting quite sore and actually feeling stones and rocks. Yeah, I don't, I don't always want that. So just that extra bit of cushioning um, was actually really nice for, in the, from the 280. Um, and socks, uh, just standard Innovate socks, really. Um, but I've worn them for years, you know, so I, I know they're, I guess if it's going to be warm, you want something breathable. Um, something like also that's not going to let your feet slip around much in your shoe. So a bit of grip, a bit of breathability, they're probably the two things to look for. Um, and I did switch to a slightly more, maybe a slightly more sort of, softer more comfy pair later on um but i think that was just because that was what was nearest um yeah but yeah that stuff seemed to work yeah and do you use poles i'm guessing that you use poles um on long stuff like this do you generally use poles basil didn't seem to use poles um unless he was on the tour des Jean, which sounds very impressive to me having heard he's done the spine <laughs> yeah no i'm uh, i guess if, if there are long yeah, long steep climbs involved. I, I think. Well, studies now have shown that. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna help. Um, so UTM, UTMB, Tour de Gion, things like that. Definitely using poles. But I was yeah, put them around, put them away if there's a downhill or a flat. Um, but for the climbs, I mean, yeah, everyone at the front is using them. I, I think. I think if I'm honest, I think people. Yeah, I think if people don't, they're, they're making a mistake. Um, and yeah, I, 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 um, I'm sponsored by Lecky. They're 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 pretty good poles. Um, I, I do use them at the spine, but that's slightly different reasons, actually. That's partly partly to test the bogs out, see how deep they are. Um, but also you get, when you're on flagstones, um, it can be pretty slippy and icy, actually. And, and one slip uh, has ruined many people's races, actually. So actually the poles, if you slip slightly, you've got the poles sticking the ground to sort of stop yourself. It's actually pretty pretty effective sort of extra braking system um that could save your race several times over and then also as you get more and more tired you're more likely to sort of lean or um yeah bend forward and your yeah. breathing's not gonna be as good and you're using your quads then more than you need to so poles could keep you if used well more upright later on and that could that could again be helpful so yeah i'd say steep mountain yeah mountain races and the spine is usually where i use them yes yeah and then um food um do you like to sort of help yourself to the smorgasbord of food available on tour de Gion like basil does or do you take your own stuff um and religiously eat every 30 minutes 30 seconds how does it work yeah it's a, it's a bit of both um i like to have a few of my own snacks but i don't like to carry very much so um 
and yeah, I do have an alarm for every 30 minutes on my watch. Uh, I'm religious about uh, about that. Um, and I was very lucky. I had AJ Hanspell crewing me this year who, who put in an amazing effort. So uh, the plan was, and I didn't, yeah, I didn't, despite all that, I didn't eat as well as I would have liked. Um, he, yeah, um, boiled, were they roast? I think they were roast potatoes or boiled potatoes. Um, and he added... He added, yes, yeah, some kind of vegan cheese and, and salt and, and flavoured them really nicely. So they went down very well. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I feel like white carbohydrates, um, you know, white rice, white bread, they tend to go in really well for me and for a lot of people. Um, and and then certainly some f- fruit, bits of fruit. And then I do I do carry some gels. I'm sponsored by Vela Forte, who yeah, make nice chews. Um, I did have some spring energy gel. I know Basil took them spring energy, them, them sort of natural and nicer flavors. Um, I liked them. Um, I used a few other gels as well. So, but what you've got to think about as well is if you're climbing in the heat, you don't want your tummy to be working too hard on, you know, digesting a chicken. Um, so, so that's got to be really, that's got to be gels and liquid calories. Liquid calories is, is a really good solution. Um, so yeah, again, Vela Forte do some of them some some carb carb powders had some of that going in but often just fruit juice as well um you know nicer flavors and it's natural and, and stuff like that so yeah all of that and then tried to eat stuff on the race which was normally pasta uh, pasta and tomato sauce um which usually went in pretty well um but i could have uh, yeah bananas bananas and cola if in doubt bananas and cola um yeah that was largely it Yes, oh, it sounds delicious. Um, and um, uh, yeah, so um, do you have any more plans that you are able to tell us about? Have you got anything exciting coming up for 2024? Or this winter? I... Anything this winter? <laughs> uh, my focus now is I'm going to do I'm going to do several sort of local uh, local trail races, uh, short, really short ones, which, yeah, I probably won't do very well in, but we'll really... <laughs> um yeah just to really switch things up and, and work on speed again because this stuff you know it does slow you slow you right down so yeah really excited to yeah just doing some local races and then um yeah back into the spine in january uh because you know there's not much else to do in january and you know it's just i think it's like ian keith says if i wasn't doing it i'd be dot watching obsessively anyway so it's kind of um you might as well might as well be one of the dots yes. um so, yeah <laughs> jump, jumping back into that yeah, and then anything, any plans for the spring and summer that you're able to tell us about, or uh, anything secret that you're not al- allowed to tell us about? <laughs> not yet. That's as far as I've got for now. I guess I'm debating: um, do I go back to the tour? It's it's hard because I feel like that was a good for me. That was a good a good performance of of maybe the best I can do. So going back in some ways doesn't make much sense because you know, can I do any better? And then you're more likely to be, I don't know, feel disappointed with how you're doing and and, and maybe not complete it or something or, or, or just not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, I think with the tour, it, it is a kind of, you know, buy the ticket, take the ride because it's just it's just such a hoot anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'm undecided, but I'm leaning towards doing that again, I suppose. But we'll we'll see. I don't have to decide till January. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all my plans at the moment. Ah, you could go and do a basil and just bob along and eat all the nice food and <laughs> take seven days of it. <laughs> I should, I think I should maybe listen to him. I think he's much smarter than me and, and maybe <laughs> everyone else, actually. That, that, is a, that, is a, that is an option. Oh, oh well, that's a super um, useful training advice um, slash what you do um, for training for um, Tour de Gion. Was there anything else that you wanted to just add about Inter Ultra before we finish? 
Um, we got what it was about yeah. from Basil, um, but yeah, just like yeah. the reason why you started it, maybe, and um, and how pleased you are with how it's going. Yeah, I think I think we're I think we're very happy with supporting um, at least forty athletes so far. I think we're very happy with that. I think we're very happy with how many brands and and coaches and and, and even sort of dietitians and psychologists and other brands have just got in touch offering services. You know, that's been really heartwarming actually. That that. Uh, so many people believe in the idea. Um, I think our next challenge is trying to reach out further to, to get the people that maybe are more on the fringes of running or newer to running mm-hmm. uh, from maybe less privileged you know, areas. Um, but it's really exciting that, yeah, already supporting 40 and we can support more. Um, and yeah, really, you know, it was it was he probably too humble to say, it, but it was was Basil's idea. Oh, so, yeah, really. He grateful didn't say he, that. <laughs> really grateful yeah he came he came to me with it and um yeah and he is doing most of the work he and and a small group of other amazing people do most of the work I do almost nothing but but claim the credit um so yeah it's been um yeah really grateful to everyone who supported it and and um yeah it, it's hard to think of a negative from it really yeah it's uh, amazing no Basil didn't say that it was his idea at all I'm I'm very annoyed at him for that <laughs> yes oh well, that's amazing from Basil and it's great to have you on board as well um we just have had one live question from today who says are you going to do the Barclay marathons again I completely forgot to ask that um I think I, I would be um I'd be curious to I'd be curious to try to try again because it was sort of I I wasn't exactly tantalizingly close, but it it was possible. I think it it felt like it was possible. So I would be I would be interested in trying again sometime. Yes. Oh, excellent answer. I can't can't say much more than that. (laughs) Oh, well, um, we will be following you. Um, You can follow Damien really easily on Instagram. Um, It's ultra ultra demo. Well, I would call it ultra demo personally. Yes, it is. I think there's an underscore in the middle, but it probably uh, it probably uh, is probably easy to find. Um, yes, awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much, Damo and Basil. Um, it has been an absolute riot to chat to you both. I'm sorry that we couldn't do it all together, but it's been brilliant just chatting to you individually. Um, thank you for tra- sharing all your training secrets for the Tour des Jean and all the amazing work that you're doing with Inter Ultra. Thank you very much indeed, Claire, and chat more soon. Yeah, lovely. I will see you soon. Bye, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.